feel like you blink and it's another new year? Have you thought about the new year and what you want to accomplish? Do you have dreams that you hope come true? I do. Do you set goals or resolutions with a plan of action or do you just wait and see where life takes you? A new year is the time for a fresh start with a clean slate. Your motivation's high and anything seems possible, right? Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell. Let's go beyond bariatric surgery and talk about everything you need to move on. Did you know that over 40% of people make New Year's resolutions, yet 80% of those resolutions fail within three months? Why is that? Can we do better or are we just going about it the wrong way? Maybe you're thinking about resolutions, but your butt gets in the way. No, not your B-U-T-T butt, not your booty. I'm talking about the B-U-T butt that keeps you stuck in your rut and prevents you from moving ahead, reaching your goals, and making your dreams come true. You know the butt. You'd like to take that yoga class, but, or you really need to get more sleep, but, or you know you should eat healthier, but it just never seems to happen. Just ahead, psychologist Glenn McIntosh is back to help you keep kick that butt out of your life and make sure your New Year's resolutions are beneficial, not a bust. If you've had bariatric surgery, you need a specific bariatric multivitamin, not an off-the-shelf version. There's a big difference. In Australia, choose BN Multi. Find them at beyondbariatricsurgery.com in the shop. Joining me via Skype from Australia is resident psychologist on Australia's The Biggest Loser Transform, Glenn McIntosh, a member of the Australian Psychological Society. He consults with bariatric patients pre- and post-surgery. You can find out more about Glenn on our website, beyondbariatricsurgery.com. Just click on the podcast for his episode and then the show notes or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash beyondbariatricsurgery. Hi, Glenn. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Dr. Susan. Merry Christmas. And the same to you. And we always have such a good time, you know, talking it up. (laughs) We totally do. Okay, Glenn, what's your take on the new year? Is it a good time to make resolutions and changes? Excellent question, Dr. Susan. I heard you talk about the pretty abysmal rates of how we stick to our New Year's resolutions. Uh, but that's <laughs> not to say that we shouldn't set them because there, there is some research to show that people are around about 10 times more likely to reach their goals if they set them around the new year period. You know, there's something special about that tradition of setting a a new year's resolution and and reflecting on the year that's been and setting some intentions for the ones that come. So, So even though most people don't reach them, you're more likely to reach them if you do set them around this new year period. And I think it comes down to making sure you set them the right way. And like you said, finding your way around those butts that always get in the way. Because mm-hmm. like you said, they're always butts. But I'm too busy. But, you know, this is, I don't have the right support. Or, but I'm not ready for that. But, you know, there's there's, there's a million of these. We have to find our way through these. Because that way you'll be sort of sitting here this time next year and thinking, wow. Uh, this is for the first time ever I've actually reached my New Year's resolutions, which yeah. would be really cool. And you know what? I, I, I want you to address too that 
If you failed at New Year's resolutions, which I know I have <laughs> too many times to count, you're, totally. nor you're normal, right? <laughs> Absolutely normal. Absolutely. The, the reality is, the unfortunate reality is that most of us fail at New Year's resolutions. And most of the biggest New Year's resolution that people set is actually around their weight. I agree with that. And the some kind of lifestyle change, right? Losing weight, uh, quitting smoking, maybe finding yep. a new relationship. And if you've had bariatric surgery you're motivated to do something positive for the new year. So why is it so hard to follow through for longer than say two or three months? Yeah, well, I think, look, the, the reality is that the behavior change is hard. You know, it, it takes a lot of time to undo years of patterning. And I, I think that, that I see this sometimes in, um, especially in my work with people post-bariatric surgery, uh, that that some of them aren't actually as prepared to make the lifestyle changes that they, they need to make. They kind of feel like that the surgery will should have done everything for them and, and then they kind of get in the spot, you know, maybe six to 12 months after the surgery where they're like, oh, actually, I really uh, need to keep working on my physical activity and I really need to keep focusing on my nutrition. I didn't think it would be that hard. So I actually think for bariatric surgery patients, it's a positive message to know, hey, this actually should take work. Not that it's impossible, but that it should be a bit challenging at times and you're going to need to work your way through your, your barriers. I, I agree with that. And I think one of the biggest barriers for people uh, are, are the scales, right? And oh. I want to talk about the scales and your feelings because as professionals <laughs> really vary with that. Some say, okay, let's weigh every week, every two weeks, yep. every month. But you believe in tossing the scales. Why? I do believe in tossing the scales. I think that you know, we've been focusing on the scales, Dr. Susan, for so long, 30, 40, 50 years. And at the same time, people are getting bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger. And I know as a psychologist that sometimes focusing too much on weight loss is um, it does some funny things with your head. You know, it, it, it can, can mess with your relationship with food. It can give you a bit of a black and white kind of love hate relationship with food, which is not healthy. Same with exercise, rather than being a, a celebration of moving your body or a way to, to care for yourself, it can become a, like a punishment for being too fat. Uh, and also, I believe that people can kind of get addicted to the scales. And don't you think you set yourself up for failure right there? Absolutely. You because set yourself up and then it happens. It's like it becomes true. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny because you know, and I know that, that that everyone you work with is the same, Dr. Susan. We all want to lose weight, um, but the the biggest thing that I say to people around the New Year's period is to to toss the scales and figure out some new motivators. And look, it, it doesn't mean that that we. We, we mean that we try to pretend that weight is not important. Uh, but if, you know, a, a lot of the people you're working with, they'll still have contact with their surgeon, with their bariatric dietitian, with their, their, their doctor. And so they can go and weigh when they're in there and, and just sort of not, not remove the focus of weight completely, but just not become right. obsessed <laughs> with it every day or every week when they're, when they're weighing themselves. So most people want some type of weight-related resolution, but we don't want to set our, ourselves up for failure. So if yep. it doesn't involve scales, what does it involve? Yeah. So I like to talk about this, Dr. Susan, as setting 
whole person goals. So you think of your health and your well-being and your success in life as being multi-dimensional. So weight might be one of those dimensions, but we want to zoom out from the scales and consider everything. You're, you know, you can set a goal for fitness. I had a, a client recently who said she, she climbed a local mountain of ours with her family and she had to stop 18 times while she climbed up and down this mountain. And, and her New Year's resolution is going to be she wants to be able to climb it without stopping. You know, wow. so fitness is fantastic. I love it. Um, hey, I don't care if she stopped 18 times. She got there. <laughs> totally. Totally. I think she's doing a good job. She's, she's lapping everyone that's on the couch. That's, that's, that's sure. exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, I actually, I think it's a wonderful thing to do to, to set goals with your, your doctor and, you know, talk about those things that we often, uh, that are often related to weight, like your your mobility or your level of pain or your blood pressure or your, your blood sugar levels and actually set goals for those things. Because often, as you know, uh, we can't exactly control our weight, but sometimes we have better control over those, those medical factors. And that's something that, that we can set some really good goals for as well. I agree. And, and you like to challenge people. I've, I've heard you talk about this before to make mindset their new year's resolutions now talk more about that so people understand mindset yeah okay so i think that uh, that mindset is the missing piece to the weight management puzzle um and, and and often i ask people well how important is your mindset in reaching your goals and sometimes i ask them as a percentage so i say zero percent would be it's not important at all and 100 percent is it is the most important thing. You mentioned that I work with the, the biggest loser contestants here in Australia, and I asked them that question. I said, how important do you think your mindset is? And one of the contestants said, 100%, and all of the other contestants agreed. So, so I think that mindset is so important, but we don't actually often work on our mindset. You know, we work on our eating, we work on our physical activity, we might have a trainer, we've got our dietitian, uh, but but we don't necessarily spend time and energy dedicated to, to focusing on the mindset component. Um, and I believe that, and this kind of relates to what we were saying about the, the goals, I believe that that's because a lot of people feel like their mindset is kind of this mystical, intangible, airy-fairy thing. And, and I think it's a really good thing to do to actually set goals for improving your mindset. So we might link you, your guys, Dr. Susan, on this podcast to our psychological profile for weight management where you can actually measure your weight management mindset. So you can measure your, your level of intuitive eating. You can level your, uh, measure your dieting mindset. You can measure your level of emotional eating, your exercise confidence, your body image, your mood, all of the stuff that's related to your well-being and your success with weight management. And then you can actually set some goals based on your mindset. So that's what I do with clients all the time. I say, you know what, if you feel you're an emotional eater, for example, let's let's measure your level of emotional eating. And then six months later, we'll measure it again. And then at the end of the year, we'll measure it again. And we'll be able to say, not only do I feel like I'm not emotionally eating, but I actually know that I've really changed that habit. Yeah. I've got new ways to manage my feelings. And you can see it in a real tangible number 
that's as tangible as jumping on the scales. I love that. And yes, please send us that link and I'll make sure it goes in the show notes. Now, yeah. someone might be listening that goes, okay, wait a minute. I'm a little confused. Um, I'm setting resolutions or I'm setting goals and I'm setting my mindset or I'm getting my mindset right. So yep. how is mindset different really from a goal or resolution? I feel hmm. like the way I would see it is that we're all kind of walking uh, a mountain and your mindset will change the slope of the mountain. If you, you know, you're, you're, you're climbing up the mountain to get to whatever the particular goal is that you have for the year. And if you're not in the right mindset, that mountain's going to be really, really steep, like kind of like Mount Everest. That makes total change, sense. Yeah. If you change it, then it might be like just like a nice little uh, a slope that's challenging because of course, good goals should be challenging. That's where the motivation comes from. You're doing something you haven't done before but it's, it makes it just much more doable. So are there sound strategies or, or tricks that you use to help people find the right mindset? Because they, we're all going, okay, great. I'm not, I'm you know, forget the scales. I'm going to work on my mindset. How do I do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And it's, it's interesting because we, we, you know, we know how to, to go to a dietitian and we know how to sort of record our eating and we know how to, to, to we get taught how to look at labels and plan for food. And, and then we, we, we go to our trainer and we learn how to, to do squats and how the treadmill works. And, uh, but we don't often go to the, the psychologist. I think still at this stage, a psychologist is kind of the, the last point of call. I, I tend to see people, Dr. Susan, that, that, that have done the dietitian, they've done the trainer, they've gone to the doctor, they've probably often gone to see the surgeon as well. And, and then they're still thinking, oh, actually it's not quite right here so the the real the best answer i have is to to see a, a psychologist or to do like so you know some of the online programs that we do and and actually do some psychological work now the good news about doing that psychological work to improve your mindset is that it is just work you know often people are surprised when they what they when they work with me that that the mindset work are just mainly their exercises, like writing exercises, thinking exercises, and we do our very, very best to make them them quite user friendly. So mm. it's we're not in that 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 stage that we might have been 20 years ago, where doing psychology work was very heavy. We had to talk through every single thing that happened in in your past. I mean, it's not to say that with some people that won't be important, right. but for a lot of people, just changing your mindset involves just doing a little bit of work, thinking tasks, writing tasks, reflection tasks, different little activities. And it's actually it ends up being quite easy. And it, and it sounds like it's extremely empowering, which I love about this, because you're working to help people create, make changes, and then create habits that are going to last. But what undermines that? Because no doubt there are things that come along that undermine the ability to make these habits stay. Oh, you're absolutely right, Dr. Susan. And that is the absolute name of the game it sh is creating habits. Uh, because even if you get to your New Year's resolution, which we hope you all do, then if you don't have the right habits around that, 
you're not going to stay there. And we've all done that. You said before, Dr. Susan, you've had news resolutions that, that you haven't reached and so have I as, 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 as everyone else. But also we have these news resolutions that we reach for the year sometimes and then we just go backwards. So I, I really think that that's a great word, Dr. Susan, that the real aim of the game, and what I say to my clients is that the, the real aim of the game is not actually to reach the goal but to create new habits, that becomes the, that's the real secret. And that seems kind of simple. And people think, oh, well, of course I want to create new habits. But so often the focus on the goal, the rigid, dogged, determined focus on the goal actually undermines your ability to create new habits. So let me give you an example of that. Say if my goal was weight loss, I could go on meal replacement shakes for six months and probably I would lose weight. So I would be achieving my goal, but it would potentially teach me next to nothing about creating new habits that will last for life. So, so I would then encourage someone if they had that goal to, to actually create the, the goal to, to have new habits and learn how to have a positive relationship with food. And then over time, the results will come and more importantly, it'll just become second nature for the person to eat well. So they can just kind of do it without trying. So the, the, big, the big secret here is I think that, that we, while it's great to set goals and we want to set goals the right way, zooming out and seeing our, our success as, as a whole person, not just the scales, it's also really important to make sure that when we're focusing on those goals, we don't make that focus on goals undermine the ability to create new habits. I, the love, same with I love that because creating habits to me makes life so much easier because after a while, you're not focusing on what you're doing because it's become a habit. But Absolutely. I think about life though, it's always, it isn't always easy. And once the, <laughs> once the holidays are over, life tends to return to this typical routine. And along yep. with that comes that same old stress. <laughs> And, and actually, the holidays have their own kind of stress. This is why you see that the graphic at our field so often that says stressed is dessert spelled backwards. I know you've seen that so many times, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and it's so true. If you're an emotional eater, you, you get stressed and that goodie, whatever your favorite goodie is, just starts calling your name. Susan, Susan, I'm right over here. <laughs> I, and, and you've talked about that on prior episodes. It's, yep. And you think it's one of the, the main reasons why people struggle. So why do we need to look at this when we're setting goals? Because or even creating habits, because emotional eating just comes back again and again. Absolutely have to address emotional eating because emotional eating throws a spanner in the works of any type of weight loss program, whether it be trying to do diet and exercise, which as we both know, doesn't work very well, or even bariatric surgery, which works a lot better in the, the short term and the long term. We do know that emotional eating is a real killer of weight management efforts. And, and it is, it's, you raise a really good point, Dr. Susan, because a lot of people, when they're in that initial motivation phase, they feel like they've kind of gotten over emotional eating it's like okay I'm in that first like you say first month or two after New Year's Eve and I'm I'm doing well and I'm like oh, I'm not emotionally eating I've, I've just kind of gotten over it somehow 
but then it comes back. And I, I think not to be pessimistic, but I often, I think it's empowering for us to recognize that just not emotionally eating when we're in that initial, you know, motivation phase, that's not overcoming emotional eating. You really do need to to look at and understand the the emotions that are, are causing you to, to want these foods and then learn new ways to deal with the emotions, whether it's through meditation or talking to people or physical activity or, you know, resolving the problem in some way, all the zillion more marvelous methods to manage your moods. You really need to, to, to make those habits before you've overcome emotional eating. I think probably a year, if you really focus on it, is roughly a good time frame to do that. I think that that for everyone who's listening, if you if you set a, 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 a year-long goal to reduce your level of emotional eating, you could find yourself this time next year having a stressful day at work and thinking, oh, I need to just go for a walk and just clear my mind or, you know, having right. an argument with someone and thinking, oh, you know what, rather than going to the fridge, I need to go back to that person and, and start to kind of resolve this issue that I've had with them and those things to be, like you said, habits, which is that's where you get the real long-term change because then it's second nature. Do you think sometimes, though, we're always trying to fix ourselves? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and that, that can be a problem, right? That can be a big problem, Dr. Susan. I think that, you know, I actually just, just finished up uh, therapy with someone uh, probably a week ago. And um, we, we were thinking about her. She's been with me for two years now and overcome just some amazing things with her, her eating and her, her exercise and her weight, but also her, her general life. And, and she sort of, uh, we were thinking about the, the goals that she wanted to set next year. And I sort of said, you know what, I think you're done. I think I don't, for now, I think you're doing great and I don't want you to see yourself as someone that's always got to be fixed because we don't do well when we see ourselves as a problem. I mean, you, I like to think of, you know, if your if your family members, uh, you know, you know, we all know that feeling when someone thinks that we're not doing something right. Uh, you know, whether it's, you know, you shouldn't be eating that or, you know, hey, have you done your exercise or, you know, whatever it is. We don't do too well when we feel like we're a problem. I know um, we want to I'm, rebel. We want to yeah. rebel. <laughs> oh, so much of my work, Dr. Susan, is saying to, you know, to, to my clients' husbands and wives to just back off them yeah. because we it makes you want to go the other way yeah. quite often. I agree with um, that. That's true. Yeah, but then you, you, you're right, Dr. Susan, we do that to ourselves. We often do it worse to ourselves than other people do to us. We're like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ugly, I'm too fat, or I, how did I let myself get this way? I've got to, I've got to change quickly because I'm, I'm in such a state. And that, that creates a, quite a negative energy, and it, it certainly undermines your ability to create new habits because you feel like you need to change yesterday. And so I, I try to encourage my, my people that I work with to rather than, than see themselves as something to be fixed, just see themselves as something to be nurtured. And sounds kind of corny, but, but learn to take care of yourself from a place of love. I love uh, that. It's true. And, and don't set yourself up to fail by putting these unrealistic, you know, goals and rules on yourself. I, I think you're just spot on with that and, and stopping the negative self-talk. Yeah, absolutely. That we do. You know, I, a lovely little uh, quote that I heard once is that the, the sun doesn't demand the flower to grow. It mm. just shines its light 
and just lets it develop in its own time. And I think it's a nice way to look at our own transformations. It's true. And I really like that people share. You know, we shared this post on our closed Facebook group, our bariatric surgery eating group, saying that when you tell people about the changes that you're making on social media, where you feel safe and comfortable to do so, it can actually work to your benefit by helping you to stick to them because it's a positive uh, empowerment of what you're doing. What do you think of that? I agree with that 100%, Dr. Susan. I think that I did my... um my master's research in psycho social factors and weight loss. So looking at your mindset, but also your, your social support and research tells us that up to 30% of people's goals, up to 30% of whether they will reach their goals or not is not even dependent on them, but the support of the people around them. So I actually believe that it's our job as individuals to enlist that support in any way we can. I think that sometimes there is a, a bit of a stigma around uh, bariatric surgery. There are opinions that, you know, people believe that it might be the, the easy way out or that you're you're cheating by doing it or all sorts of different funny mm. attitudes towards it. And and I think it's really important for people to, to find spaces like your, your closed Facebook group, but also have those discussions with friends family, work colleagues, and I, I tend to find if those discussions are had the right way, people actually love to be part of something positive. So people will support you, and then the, the few that, that don't, you, you might need to sort of find your own way to, to manage that. But mostly I do find that people are, are quite supportive and, and want to be part of something positive. I agree, and that's why I think joining a group or taking a course is the perfect way to find people that are at your level of motivation they're for the same behavior you're trying to focus on. And I'm glad you mentioned your courses earlier because as you know, we like and support your courses and and you don't have to be at the beginning of a new year to join one either. So you always have courses going on and we talk about them. And so if you're listening, you're thinking, where are they? You can go to uh, beyondbariatricsurgery.com, click on the courses and you'll see what's going on no matter what time of year it is. And we, we so appreciate that you do that because did you know that your support of our courses, our products, our supplements, that's what lets us bring you the very best podcast possible. So we appreciate you for your support. Okay, Glenn, any final tip in our last couple of minutes or insight you want to leave us with as we head into a brand new year? The only thing I would say, Dr. Susan, uh, and to everyone who's listening is don't do what you've always done and expect to get different results. It's and, and don't even do a different version of what you've done. So if you're, if you're setting your goals and you're thinking, oh, this is the same sort of the same thing that I was doing last year that I didn't quite get to or same thing I was doing the year before that, try and really mix it up and do something fundamentally different. So, for example, I think, you know, at, at some stage, most of your listeners have decided I'm sick of doing six, seven, eight 
nine, 10 versions of a diet and exercise program to lose weight. It's just not working for me. So I'm going to explore these surgical options and hopefully they've got better results. It's a, you know, it's a fundamentally different thing to do and then they can expect different results. And then if, uh, as we know, surgery hasn't been the whole answer, then look to do something fundamentally different again to take you to the next stage. And I think mindset is a a wonderful thing to work on, but it could also be, say, if you're struggling with physical activity, uh, going to, to to a personal trainer or, or doing something different like that, and 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 just actually looking at not doing the the same thing, setting the same goals, trying to achieve them in the same way, but actually doing something that's fundamentally different. And if it really deep down feels different, then you got a really good shot at getting different results. And Boy, your real life strategies give us a lot to consider for this next year. Thanks, Glenn, for sharing your time and for being a regular on the podcast. It's always a pleasure, Dr. Susan. Thanks for having me. And here's to all of our New Year's resolutions. Well, it's so important to hear all about the issues that you can face and what you can do about them so you stay empowered and you move on. Here on the Beyond Bariatric Surgery podcast, we're all about your success. We want to give you as many tools as we can for your toolbox. And did you know we have that closed Facebook group we just mentioned called Bariatric Surgery Eating? You can be part of the group. You can talk about issues you're facing. You can ask questions. It's a large group, but it's very supportive and it's a private place to post. So just go to Bariatric Surgery Eating and request to join. There are re free resources for you as a member. This podcast is one of them. So check it out today. I hope you have time to relax, some downtime, enjoy the holiday season with your family and friends. I'm looking forward to the next new year with you. Beyond Bariatric Surgery is produced and owned by Practicalories, LLC. All rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the hosts, Great Ideas in Nutrition, or Practicalories, LLC.